Morning, Kate. Good morning. Lovely to see you on this beautiful morning. Yes, indeed, you too. It's amazing what the sunshine can do, hey? I know, very much so. <laughs> and I, I think what I would like to address with you this morning, hopefully will hit a real sweet spot for you, and that's the whole impact of social media. Yes. There, um, there seems to be some, some interesting things going on, and plus over the summer, um, I watched that film that you'd recommended to me. Yes. Um, the Great uh, Hack. The Great Hack. And that made me really consider what role was social media playing in my life. And I kind of unpicked it a little bit and, and I went through an, an interesting, a whole interesting phase about it. And I'm not a huge social media person. Mm. I, you know, I share some stuff on Instagram when things really come to me and speak to me because it, I sense it's, it's a good thing to do a useful thing to do i will use facebook for connecting with people i care about that are close to me uh, and i use linkedin i guess for similar reasons uh, and also to help promote a bit of business to use it as a, a, a that's probably the only marketing platform yes and I, and I thought well you know i i start to reflect on my relationship with social media as an as a, a child of the 60s so I didn't grow up with it I've had to learn to adapt to it and it was quite a big adaption for me because it's not natural yeah. and that made me consider the younger generation yeah and I started looking I started you know I've got my own grown-up kids and, and I understand what they're doing but I became far more consciously aware of when I was on a train or on a bus or wherever on just what was going on on the on the social media front in terms of how much interaction people yes. people was having and i don't think it's just social media i think it's the mobile phone device so when we're talking about social media i think we also need to include messenger apps whatsapp that sort of thing as part of that mix they're owned by facebook inc both messenger and whatsapp and um, as Mark Zuckerberg talks about it as a, a shift from the, the town square to the living room where we're interacting en masse through our Facebook feeds or our Instagram feeds. But then we're also, you know, convening in smaller groups or one on one in the messenger apps. But that that is still this sort of social media epidemic that I see with the faces down on the bus, on the tube everywhere on the beach <laughs> yeah. you can't escape it in in the modern world i mean i'll travel around the world and it's it's the same everywhere that i've been and um, and that springs instantly a couple of things to mind uh, um i guess the first one is that people don't notice people anymore there's a big campaign on the underground which is please look up and the please look up campaign is that there may be somebody disabled in front of you or blind as I saw the other day and no one had noticed. And so therefore no one gave him, uh, you know, their seat, even though he was really struggling. And I went up to someone and said, look, I was standing also, you know, would you mind please? I don't know if you've noticed, but there is this blind person standing there and they're, they're struggling. So 
then we risk making a thing about something which would never have been a thing in the past because now there's lots of people involved and everyone stops they all look up but nobody actually does anything unless you ask them to because they may be looking with their eyes but they are not seeing with their mind yes yes i i have very much noticed this um lack of embodiment yeah because we're off and we're out in the digital ethers and it's happened in such a short space of time i think the television was it before the mobile you know we'd come in we'd switch switch on and switch off and we'd be in the television you know you get in from a hard day at work you put on the tv as a way of of sort of like checking out for a bit to yeah. some respect uh and what's happened it feels like with the mobile is we've just got access to that checking out all the time so you're you know you're in a queue you're in a cafe you are on the bus it's become that thing that we do automatically instinctively is to reach for the phone almost as a bit of a pacifier um but what that's done is it's yeah like you say it's made us not be aware of the other so very interestingly just yesterday i saw um an article on my phone funnily enough <laughs> <laughs> oh the ironies of it all <laughs> um but it was a series of photographs that had been taken um showing this modern world of of how lonely it looks um if you take pictures of people on their mobiles but they'd removed the mobile phones from their hands so there was a couple lying in bed not facing each other both looking at their hands not their phone there was a group of like girls gathered around a, a pool at a party but they were all standing there looking at not at each other but at something that was missing then in their hands and it it was quite like you know it, it really touched a part in me that that really is our world that everyone is down and looking at the device and not engaging with the other in in the same way as we have done in the past and if i just unpick all of those really astute conversations kate and, and all that observation the, the first thing that strikes me is yes back back in the old days as my <laughs> kids say and we used to come in from work and put the television on and we would escape for a period of time whether it was in a soap or a documentary or a drama depending on your preference yeah. we would escape but it would be for a finite time yes the documentary would finish we might stay out there in the ether in the inside the television set living the drama for a while but you know eventually it would just stop and therefore we'd come back into our, our into to us being who we are because social media is now so readily available one of the things that just occurred to me as you were talking is i don't know that we ever come back i don't know that people that are heavily addicted to social media ever come back now even before social media came the the reality versus the illusion of life depending on my mood yes was a challenge yes however if i am eternally living in the world of social media rather than in me yes at what point do i figure out 
who am I? Yes. And what's my purpose? Because whether we're consciously aware of those questions or not, they're always there. They are almost instinctively built into us human beings. Yeah. So that, that strikes me as number one. Number two, because we're not in us anymore, we struggle to build relationships that are meaningful. And the struggle to build relationships just echoes with that, that image that you just created of, of the, the loneliness of people where they have something missing. And of course they have something missing because humans aren't designed to connect. We may not like that fact. We may have declared that we are going to live an independent life all by ourselves and, and, and that's fine. However, when we look at the design of the system of the human being, it is completely designed to connect with another human. But this is interesting, right? So Facebook, as their big, big blanket statement of their sort of their mission and their reason for being is to make the world more connected. That's like their thing. And to a degree, it has worked. Like I have, I'm a heavy social media user. It's my work as well, obviously. Um, I use it personally. I use it professionally. It's enabled me to stay in touch with friends I've made traveling that I would never have stayed in touch with, you know, of all languages. It's enabled I have literally met and made friends through things like Instagram, through comments on posts, who I've then met up with in real life yep. and, and, and have, have very genuine, real friendships that I wouldn't have had and have such a worldwide network if it wasn't for social media. So it has made me very connected. So I sit in a really interesting place where I can see this addiction and I see it within myself as well like and I've had to become very aware and conscious of it so I could do things about it what I see on mass is that we we've got that connectedness like we're connecting through this and not through face to face in quite the same way but it's the addiction that's the problem it's this checking out at all times and then not being present because we're looking at the phone that I see as the problem and the easy thing in this conversation would be to turn around and say, well, it's social media's fault. Yeah. You know, well, it's Facebook, it's Instagram. No, no, don't get me wrong. In, in it's some, a little bit their fault. <laughs> in some ways, some of their behaviour has not been as we would have liked it. But Addictive by design. Can I just throw that in there? Yeah. Addictive by design. And I understand that. Yeah. And and the connotations that go with that. Yeah. Of course, if it was completely effective, then everyone would be addicted. And and not everybody is. No, I agree. And, but I, where you said about the age groups, I do think that has a part to play. And I think we talked about this before. Yeah. Like when it, I was twenty five when it yeah. dropped in. So I was more, I feel like I was more manipulable by the technology to a degree because of my age when this kicked in. 
compared to someone in their say 60s or even 50s just that sort of five ten years difference and turn again how it is for someone who's now in their 20s who's where, where, te where digital media has always been available it's different to yeah. me because I, I had 10 15 years without yeah. it yeah you know I mean so I, I think that also played a part I'm sure I'm absolutely sure it plays a part but I think the human plays a part too yeah oh uh, yeah yeah you know it, it's not that a passive piece of software because it's passive until we interact with it mm. it's not that a passive bit of coding can control us unless we want it to now want may be happening at a subconscious level mm -hmm. because mm. sometimes we are triggered and we don't notice and, and when we are feeling insecure feeling that our self-worth is being challenged we had some ideas about what life was going to look like that we got attached to that weren't coming good we move that attachment into social media mm. that we figured social media actually didn't really matter anymore if my mates weren't, if my real mates, my live mates weren't being nice to me, or I wasn't fitting in because I could go and find online mates that would be nice to me. And, and when things like Facebook started out right in the beginning, even pre Facebook, what was, what was happening first of all, was some really nice stuff. People mm. were liking stuff and sending love. And then people started to figure out that they could be brave and say really horrible things I know. without revealing themselves. And, and so we saw the dark side. Now, maybe the developers should have seen that, but I don't know what they do about it because it's inherent in human nature. Yes. But of course, the dark side can only work if we give it the power to work. Mm. So the trigger is very small you know you think about where that word comes from the trigger on, on a gun or, or a rifle is very is a very small part of the, the overall mechanics mm. and operation of, of the equipment mm. the power comes from the explosive and the explosive lives in the individual mm. yes now if the individual is providing the explosive I, i'm not sure that anyone can take account for that other than the person yes. but first have yes. to see it yes yes and the challenge comes that where i have moved my attachment from humans because attachment is a core human need yes it's in our design it's in our makeup and unless we attach and detach properly it will drag around after us forever and because it's not giving us what we want we become addicted well as well so i'm doing a a social media ethics course at mm -hmm. the moment mm -hmm. and I literally just was doing a module on identity this this week mm -hmm. and it was talking about the different identities we give ourselves through social media that our identity might be slightly different on Facebook to on LinkedIn to yeah. on Instagram and I think this is where like this where people are creating these identities yep. that they're then very attached to because that identity can look very different for some particular i think weirdly particularly like these kind of influencers and yep. i look 
like the different ways that we in, interact with social media. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to work with people to show up very authentically. So they're showing up their digital identity is the same as their physical identity. So we don't Absolutely. get that separation. Yeah. I think the problem is, is where they become this other version of themselves. And it's usually a highlighted high, you know, what's the word filtered yeah. um, show reel of themselves that, that is then uh, gets a lot of attention through the networks that they're not then having in the physical life. It's almost like the fa the fantasy, the digital avatar aspect. Yeah. And, and that fantasy of course feeds a certain behavior set. So so let's let's work that one through. Yeah. So you look at somebody on LinkedIn, for example, and they are looking to appear professional and corporate, and their picture nine times out of ten is professional and corporate, and they're really careful what they share and post. As that as, as that, that online identity. As that online identity in LinkedIn. Yes. yes. So that with that online identity they have created comes a set of expectations in their head of what somebody with that identity will be like. So we're instantly putting pressure and stress on, on our human system to yeah. behave and be in a certain way. Yes. We've created an alter ego. Yes. Yeah, but that happens in the real world too, doesn't absolutely, it? Absolutely, absolutely. But I might have a slightly different one in the real world. Yeah, okay, yeah. So that was how, that's been happening all along. If I'm, if I'm insecure, if I'm not comfortable, if I don't think I'm enough, Let's yeah. cut the here. If I don't think I'm enough, then I will create an alter ego in flesh. Yeah. And then I have another one on LinkedIn because I don't know who's going to see it. Yeah. And so this one has to be really perfect. Yeah. And then I may have another one on Facebook, which again doesn't reflect who I am. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I might look super professional on LinkedIn and I might look super glamorous on Facebook. Yeah because I want people to think I'm an attractive, wonderful woman. Yeah. And now I've just laid another set of expectations and another ego. Now I'm wanting several egos. Right. Yes. And all of which need to be fed because all of them, unless they are liked, will deliver a subconscious back message back to me, which says, see, you're not really good enough. And so when we start to talk about addiction, if I am gaining my definition, who I am, my identity, and, and everything that comes from that purpose and how I, how I live my life, based on response that is outside of my control in social media, and I measure that by likes or not likes, and if Facebook take likes away from me, well, oh, who am I? And there is nobody to help me. Now I end up with a mental health, emotional regulation, a, an imbalance in the system which I don't know what to do about because mm -hmm. I've just got all these layers of roles and 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 what good looks like yeah it's not who I am and I now cannot demonstrate that I can live up to any of them and that that level is what drives so many people to not interact with real life, but rather to do everything they can to reinforce their online identities. Mm. 
Now, we could blame social media, and I'm not suggesting for one moment they're entirely innocent here. But do we not also have to look at how our culture at a universal level has developed? Absolutely, yes. Do we not need to take a deep breath and figure out really what is important to us? Yes, and take responsibility for for how we've let it permeate our lives on an individual level and on a collective level so that we don't see those photos of lonely you know people laying with their phone you know yeah we really take a hard look at the world around us like i i on purpose as part of this inquiry started to leave the house without my mobile phone and that felt like such a big thing to do but not having it with me there was no impulse to pick it out of the bag no impulse to pacify no impulse to check no notifications to check and what it let me see was just how much everyone else was on their phones I mean I was in Thailand for a few months and I would go down to the beach for a walk and a swim and I would see how other people walking the beach in the morning were holding their phones in their hands. Now, they were either tracking their steps or they were listening to music or they were doing various things. But it still had a presence that disconnected them from the environment of which they were in. And I really began to notice it. And I've noticed it more and more as, as I've um, doing that as a, as a practice as much as I can um, but it's fast you know it's just so fascinating to see how it's how prevalent it is so if you if you then flip that into we are living in a society that is in, in, having increasing levels of stress yes that is unregulated we're living in a society that seems to measure success by yes. material gain, you know, whether it's money or whether it's iPhone Likes, or whatever. Follows. I mean, that has happened. People do measure success by how many followers they've got and how many likes they get. Yeah, absolutely. So it's all, all, all in a number. Yeah. Which is, of course, rooted in our left brain. Yeah. And not in the whole system. Yeah. Um, and then we also look at what's going on with disease in the world. Yeah. Blue in the word, disease in yes. the world. That is the, the rate of growth of, of, you know, an unwell, whether we're unwell emotionally, mentally or physically or spiritually, that the rate of, of, um, of illness growth around is astronomical. Yeah. Well, at some point, people have to take a deep breath and say there's a connection here. Because if the body's screaming at you and you don't hear it because your head is in social media looking for your likes, then all that will happen is that it will escalate until it gets you to a point where it, you have to stop because now you can't carry on. So what do, you, what do you see from a scientific perspective, like that connection of, like if we're thinking about the stress and the mental health and, and the dis-ease, could there be a connection literally from a chemical so one of the things that 
they did with the addictive design and i say they because that was done on purpose was mm -hmm. they saw that when we got a dopamine hit much yeah. like through a casino and i've said before when you pull down on facebook instagram feeds and it gives it that second that's based on a slot machine gambling yeah. and again i've sat and listened to my body and and noticed so oh, i i i feel i can feel it i can feel that flutter in sort of around my middle around my solar plexus before i'm about to go on social media all that drives me to want to pick pick it up to see um what i've got now could that flood of dopamine that we're receiving you know if someone's picking up their phone you know 80 times a day we can be picking our phone up and half of those are unconscious but each, each time we're getting a hit of of dopamine is could that be affecting the chemicals okay. in our body and and creating okay. this stress and anxiety so so what's the there's two interesting elements to that so so number one if you if you use an external stimulant to continue to, to deliver an internal hormonal response eventually the body learns that it doesn't need to do it anymore right so whether you're using a drug uh, as a pharmaceutical type intervention or or whether you're using an external stimulant we evolve which says actually i don't get that same hormonal response naturally so i have to have my phone there's the addiction okay because now i'm craving that feeling but of course because it's not coming naturally it doesn't last very long which is why we pick it up 80 times a day hmm. now the danger is of course that not every time you pick it up it will trigger dopamine it might well trigger cortisol <sighs> because it's delivering a message i don't want Right. I, or or no message actually neutrality is not okay anymore either yes, yes. i've picked it up and no one's liked me or no one's responded so nothing has changed oh oh and now i'm hitting a cortisol release because i'm not getting what i expected so it's layered on now because the cortisol release is coming in small leaks we we have all these hormones in our bodies to keep us balanced normally but what happens is we're shifting the balance out and, and if you take that all the way through from a scientific point of view, um, cortisol is a catabolic steroid, so it breaks things down. And mm -hmm. if we don't have enough of the renewing hormones being released, well, then we age without things being replenished. And in the natural cycle of things, you know, old cells die, new cells come. But if you've got that out of sync, then that renewing is not happening. So that has a, a big physical impact the residual hormones in the body because they're not being balanced properly also have a big emotional regulation impact. So it's much harder to emotionally regulate, which eventually will lead to some mental, you know, mental health is where we're starting. It's not yeah. necessarily the right place for everybody. <coughs> uh, and if we don't take a note of our mental health, then we start to get physiological. Right. Signs. Yeah. yeah. Because the, the imbalance will turn the immune system off eventually, for example. Yeah. So we're seeing a massive rise in things like autoimmune disease, so inflammatory diseases. Well, yeah. the immune system can't work any longer because it's being externally manipulated. And, and worst of all, we don't notice it because we're not in our bodies anymore. So we don't hear the signs 
because we're being driven by the illusion that my identity is now shaped by social media in extreme cases. Mm. And I've noticed it with someone who's really close to me who unexpectedly has recently found themselves in a personal relationship with somebody mm. and they suddenly don't post on social media like they did. Mm. The posts have changed, the volume has changed mm. and this particular person who would not thank me if I reveal the connection um, no longer needs to position themselves to look like a certain person yeah, yeah. to be a certain image yeah and and it, it i i sent a bit of delaying almost relief it, at times it's quite painful and it's a bit scratchy but i sense a, a delaying and it's not uh all social media is bad and we shouldn't have it you know it's not like a cigarette yeah. campaign for no. example yeah it's about how how do we help people get to a point where they can have a healthy interaction with social media, not a relationship? Yes. Because it's not a relationship, it's a bit of software. Yeah. Yeah. And until we can help people get to that point, we run the risk of continuing what we've already started and what most people just are unaware of. Yeah, it's so fascinating. I mean, it's interesting that you say there's like some AI apps around now that are there to be able to have a friend when you haven't got a friend that you can have a conversation with and it asks lots of questions and it gets to know you and, and people say that it's actually really helped with their mental health because it's actually helped them feel like someone's there. But again, it's, it's a piece of software. And if that piece of software stops because things go wrong if yeah. i if, if my emotional well-being is tied up externally rather than internally i'm vulnerable mm. i'm horribly vulnerable and i'm not designed to be like that anyway as, as a system i'm designed to be able to regulate my emotions yeah so they can serve me well because there are times when you need cortisol and adrenaline to release yeah and, and when they do they'll save your life yeah and and if we can't regulate that anymore and we can't notice that anymore yeah and we're silent silently sliding towards a world that's not designed for humans yeah well i could get deep about that <laughs> well maybe we'll have that as a topic for next time yeah but in the meantime we just need to be very consciously aware of who we are, how we're interacting, both at a, a, a social media, uh, you know, electrical, let's yeah. call it for what it is. It's a bunch of, of, of energy that has been man-made, how we're interacting with that versus how we're interacting with those things that are really important to our long-term well-being. Yeah, I mean, I see it very much about how do we create a better balance, yeah. our relationship with technology, but also our relationship with others through technology. 
and then the relation because i i see you know i i do see social media and technology as a really positive thing that we are able to reach people we are able to connect with others where i see this imbalance is this continual checking of the phone or being dislocated from the real world because of of the be you know because of the phone's um appeal to pick it up to get either those dopamine hits or whatever it might be and i notice like when i'm with people i very much have a keep my phone in my bag it doesn't go on the table at meals like i have over the years become very conscious of, of and and my screen time drops dramatically when because i live on my own so actually the social media and that connection to others when i'm by myself i uh, you know, I'm actually very grateful for that. But it's when it spills over into other and if it's then stopping that happening in the real world, because it is that pacifier when others are around. But when I'm with others, my yeah, my screen time dra drops dramatically. So I guess it's a call to becoming very conscious of those different patterns of use that's going to be personal for each person like how we're using it and where it's um not in our best interest and and you mentioned something there which was about balance and the balance has to start with us yeah we have to become as you just said consciously aware and that means we have to take responsibility for us yes yes and only then can we begin to notice the impact. Only then are we in a position to have the, the choice that's there for us. The choice is always there for us, but we can't take it until we can see it. Mm. And if we don't take the choices consciously, we will take them unconsciously. And that may not be in our best interest. And then when we start to lose... A, a knowledge of who I am and, and why I'm here, then we become lost and in ever descending spirals of, of stress and illness and a need for material things because surely they'll be the answer, won't they? Mm. And that's the, the, the place that I see so many people in at the moment of all ages. I'm sure there is a higher proportion of younger people that fall into that really sad category mm. just because they've been consumed by it mm. but i see it across all ages and it has to start with who am i and what's my purpose and then i can have those healthy relationships mm.